Women have played a significant role in our society and culture through time, so let's take a look at the history from the women's side. I'm your host, Brittany, and welcome to Her Story Sessions. Let's talk about witches. All right, think of a witch. What do you imagine? Probably an old crone, sometimes called a hag, dressed in dark ratty clothes and a pointy black hat, with warts on her craggy face and a hooked nose, stirring a black cauldron full of some bubbling liquid. I bet there's a cat nearby. Black one, of course. Maybe a toad? There's definitely a broom leaning against the wall, and you can envision her flying off on it, cackling into the night sky as she disappears. Why is this what we think of, though? Where did this all come from? It's time for a Her Story session. The concept of a witch dates back to ancient times, although they weren't really always malevolent creatures. In league with the devil. In many ancient religions, they were benign creatures, a part of the natural world and worshipped as deities who controlled the earth and the cycles people depended on. Mesopotamian priests were seen as a good and necessary part of society. They were the so-called wise women, also a phrase used to describe healers later on. The evil witchcraft rituals may even be rooted in these wise women's rituals. Over time, female deities were overtaken by male warlike gods. The female infertility symbols were warped into something that was evil. By medieval times, before the Black Plague, witches were just a mythical creature, not really believed in. But after the plague, which wiped out whole towns and villages in some areas, people started to believe in witches more and more. Magic and witchcraft folklore varied from place to place until about the 1500s when the stereotypical witch concept we now know became the standardized version. In the 15th through 17th centuries, known as the early modern period, witchcraft was a crime throughout Europe, although in the beginning of this time period, different countries had different laws on dealing with it. After this time, a witch became generally defined as a person that made a pact with the devil to gain magical powers, renounced Christianity, rode a broom by night, and had secret nocturnal meetings where they would sacrifice infants, take part in orgies, and worship the devil. These centuries, known as the Burning Times, saw a drastic rise in the perceived number of witches. Small things, like a horse getting an injury or a kid having a minor illness, all the way up to crop failure and famine were blamed on witches. Famously, King James VI of Scotland came to believe that witches conjured the storm in the North Sea that kept his new bride, Queen Anne, from sailing to Scotland, and that the storms were intended to kill the new queen while at sea. More than 50 people ended up being executed for using witchcraft to put the king and queen's lives at risk. King James went on to write his book Demonology in 1597 to quote, Resolve the doubting, both that such assaults of Satan are most certainly practiced, and that the instrument, therefore, merits most severely to be punished. Around the mid-1500s, witchcraft became generally punished by imprisonment, pillory, having the head and hands trapped through wooden slats, and left to the mercy of the public, and in many cases, execution, which was usually hanging or being burned at the stake. During this period, it's estimated 45,000, possibly up to 100,000, were executed. Many more died in prison or were lynched without a trial. In England, it's estimated 90% of accused were women. In the Holy Roman Empire, 76%. 
in Hungary, 90%. In Switzerland, over 95%. And in parts of France, 76%. There are exceptions to the accused being mostly women, but especially for Western Europe, at least three of every four accused were women. But why? So, ideas of women's temperaments at the time had much to do with it. Here's a quote from the blog Women as Witches, Past, Present, and Future by Dr. Charlotte Rose Millar. One of the most vitrolic texts, Heinrich Kramer's 1487, Malleus Maleficarum, described how women were chiefly addicted to evil superstitions and went on to blame her greed, her credulous nature, her feeble mind and body, her slippery tongue, her jealous nature, her inherently evil disposition for her tendency to give in to the devil's influence. Another part reads, Just as through the first defect in their women's intelligence, they are more prone to abjure the faith. So they, through their second defect of inordinate passions, they inflict various vengeances through witchcraft. Wherefore, it is no wonder that so great a number of witches exist in this sex. So women were stupid and emotional creatures more prone to sin and carnal temptations than their male counterparts. Cromer also argues witch hunts are necessary to exterminate all witches because the nature of women makes them unable to keep from gossiping. Quote, they have slippery tongues and are unable to conceal from the fellow women those things which are by evil arts they know. And since they are weak, they find an easy and secret manner of vindicating themselves by witchcraft. In other words, any women that the devil had shared secrets with wouldn't be able to help herself and would tell those secrets to other women who would then become witches themselves once they also knew these secrets. This makes it suspicious for women to be friends and difficult for them to talk about anything. If you haven't caught on yet, Malleus Maleficarum is pretty misogynistic and suggests that a woman's overall perceived lack of intelligence is what makes them more submissive to demons. This book was reprinted 13 times over 40 years and was second only to the Bible for two centuries after its publishing, making its contents widespread. But while this book is pretty extreme even in its own time, it was also the general cultural and societal view of women that they were less intelligent, more emotional, and overall inferior to men. The church, both Catholic and Protestant branches, were a large part of everyone's lives at the time, and it taught many of the things listed in the Malleus Maleficarum, such as belief that women were more easily tempted by the devil. A woman was the first sinner, after all, according to the story of Adam and Eve, and her sin was directly giving in to the temptation offered to her by the devil. So, who were accusing these women, then? Men did accuse others, but in Western Europe, more often than not, it was actually other women. They were accused of disrupting mostly women-dominated activities, they would be accused of drying up cows so they couldn't be milked, spoiling beer, bread making, and even killing children. Often, allegations began at the local village level, where tensions between two women would build up for years until they finally explode with one woman accusing another. Then women would name other women as alleged members of their coven while being interrogated. Confessions and naming of others were often given while the poor person was being tortured in cruel sometimes permanently crippling ways. What 
could begin as a fight between two neighbors could escalate to many being accused and executed as witches. Anyone accused of witchcraft could be stripped down and searched for the devil's mark, usually something as simple as a mole or a birthmark. Dunking the accused in a body of water using a ducking school was also a test put to use, the idea being that if they were a witch, they would float, and if they didn't and drowned, they were innocent. Dead, but not a witch at least. Many other forms of torture, such as Iron Maidens or Pilniewinks, also known as thumbscrews, were used also. They would be tortured for information until they couldn't take it anymore, and they would say whatever they thought the interrogator wanted to hear just to make it stop. They would name others as witches, they would confess to ludicrous crimes that were impossible for them to have committed, and by law, interrogators needed a confession to be able to execute these witches, so they did whatever it took to get these women to talk. Women with no power were especially targeted in these witch hunts. They were often the poor, elderly, widowed or single, or otherwise without some sort of protections. Because they had no power, they were suspected of giving in to the devil's temptation to gain said power through a supposed ability to perform evil magic and harm those that may have wronged them. There were also women who didn't exactly conform to gendered societal roles, such as healers or midwives. These were usually the poor, older widows of a community. They would be accused of using magic and potion in their practice. Their solitary lives and strange knowledge of plants and herbs made them vulnerable if something went wrong in the community. Women living at the fringes of society, such as sex workers and those who stole for it to survive, were also easy marks. Women with any sort of power were not exempt, though. At the beginning of the Burning Times, Joan of Arc famously led the French to victory in a battle against the English, only to be accused of being a witch later and burned at the stake or any independent women with their own wealth or inherited income who were not subservient to a man in their life could be accused sometimes merely because someone wanted their land or their wealth. Women were supposed to be beautiful and young, faithful to their church, and obedient to their father and later their husband, and an old crone, not bound to any man, and with skills or knowledge that may not be understood by others is exactly the opposite of all of that. So, since beautiful, obedient women were considered good, the opposite of them must be bad. In fact, appearance was sometimes even used as supporting evidence against a woman. Along with supposed devil's mark, if she limped or had a hunched back, for example, they could be valid signs she had made a pact with the devil. So, part of why we generally think of the witch as a woman is because of these past stereotypes. It is sometimes viewed as an oppression of women at the time. Cromer's sexist views and the Malleus Maleficarum becoming widespread had a huge impact also. Women weren't supposed to be smart, independent, or disobedient, but there's no neat, nicely packaged answer as to why so many women suffered these accusations. The answers are convoluted, messy, and warped over the passing of time. We don't have as many records as we would like for more information. There was a lot of religious, economic, political, and societal, and even climate-related things happening all of which affected these people's lives. Many innocent people suffered, and many died because of the misunderstandings of why these things were happening. It's much easier to blame a witch for your misfortune or tragedies 
than to accept the fact that there is no explanation for it. Today, in the Western world, we sort of romanticize the concept of the witch while also not really believing them, aside from the modern feminist witch, which is a little different. But it used to be a very real and terrifying belief that the person next door might be in league with the devil and want to harm you or your family. Witchcraft history is an important part of women's history, and the study of it helps to understand the view of women at different times. Following the history also shows how some of our modern stereotypes came to be. So, next time you think of that ugly old crone cackling off into the night sky, I hope you have more of an understanding of the past woman behind that image and how it came to be. That's it for today. Thank you for attending this Her Story session. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Her Story Session. That is singular, no S on the end. And be sure to click and follow for more episodes.